Hello, I'm AJ McRae, Managing Director, Treasury Product at Bank of America, and you are listening to the Treasury Insights Podcast. With me today are Marcus Cameron, Business Program Manager from SWIFT, and Bruno Campos, Director, Treasury Product Manager from Bank of America. The topic for this podcast is the ISO 20022 migration. Welcome, Marcos, and welcome, Bruno. Hello, AJ. Thank you for having me. Hi, Jay. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Morning, both of you. Thank you for joining. ISO 20022 is a new payment messaging standard being rolled out across clearing systems globally with the goal of increasing transparency, efficiency, and enhancing data quality. And my first question, Marcos, I wanted to direct to you. Can you describe the overall global ISO migration landscape and where SWIFT fits in? Thanks, yes. I think you pretty much just summarized it all in one sentence. It's financial messages internationally increasing transparency and efficiency. And how's that going to happen? Luckily, the local payments market infrastructures around the world have foreseen the use of the ISO messaging standard to replace a lot of their old legacy systems. They've been the primary force behind this global adoption and migration to ISO. Many of them, like Bank of England, the European Central Bank, the Federal Reserve, Payments Canada, and about 40-something others have announced their intention or have already begun or completed ISO adoption programs. The next logical step behind that was the adoption of the global transaction banks, like Bank of America, for example, to adopt ISO not only in their local payments market infrastructure, but also to work with the banking community to make ISO the standard for international payments. That is where SWIFT is taking the largest role, the role of supporting the global banking community to adopt ISO. There are certain circumstances where we're working directly with the payment market infrastructures themselves as part of different projects to help them with the adoption of ISO and what we're calling interoperability of the cross-border payments and reporting version of ISO to the version of ISO that those payments market infrastructures are implementing. That's great, thanks. And you mentioned a little bit about SWIFT's role in supporting the overall ISO migration. Talk a little bit about the specifics. We have prepared what I'm going to call mountains of documentation. We have many of our regular tools that we use today to work with our banking community members, such as the My Standards tool, where we're going to house those ISO standards that the world is going to implement for cross-border payments and reporting, the Swiss Smart training modules, which have 20-something courses at this point for the CBPR Plus specific curriculum, and leveraging our Swift.com website and webinars and community outreach events like this one right here to help the community. So we have documentation, we have training, and we are constantly working closely with banks on the adoption. That sounds great. In terms of the actual timeline for SWIFT's ISO migration itself, what should banks know? The timeline begins this November. Many banks that are a little bit ahead of the curve are already in test mode. They are exchanging ISO messages with themselves first through our test network with test sparring partner tool provided by SWIFT. And in some cases, there are multiple counterparty banks that are already testing on our test network and saying to themselves, hey, let's exchange these files directly. It begins in November. Everyone should be prepared by November of this year when the SWIFT standards release is released to have their software upgraded to receive ISO messages. This is a requirement because SWIFT is facilitating one more thing. We're facilitating the creation of the old MT message in something called inflow translation 
for those banks that are ISO ready as of this November, they will be able to send their ISO messages and the recipient bank can either choose to receive the ISO message as sent or choose to leverage SWIFT's inflow translation where an empty representation of that message is presented at the end of the ISO message in a comment field. This is gonna last till 2025. So 2025 is the actual end of what we're calling a coexistence period between ISO and the old empty equivalent messages. The timeline is it begins this November. Every bank should be ready to receive the ISO or ISO multi-part messages, we're calling it. And by November 2025, all banks on the network that are currently exchanging the legacy FIN MT1, 2, and 9 series messages, which have to do with payments and reporting, will have retired those and will be able to exchange pure ISO messages. Got it. That sounds great. Shifting gears, Bruno. So Marcos did a great job explaining SWIFT's role within ISO migrations and the timeline in terms of interaction from an ISO basis with SWIFT. Question for you, what are the other key ISO migrations occurring this year across key markets and what are Bank of America's plans? Thank you, AJ, for the question. Well, Bank of America is a direct participant in multiple payment market infrastructures and we have an extensive global program to drive the adoption of ISO 2022 in compliance with mandates from SWIFT and several clearings around the world. We are currently running a transformational project to enable our global payments platforms to send and receive ISO 2022 payment messages starting in November of this year for all of the cross-border payments that are processed through SWIFT's network. And we are also adapting our systems to be ready for other key ISO migrations, given that several real-time gross settlement clearings around the world are adopting this format across Europe, Thailand, Malaysia, Canada, Australia, and several other countries, as Marcos indicated earlier. What is interesting is that all of these clearings have varying timelines. Some of them are going live with ISO 2022 in November in a timeline that is aligned with SWIFT's while we have others that will go live earlier, which is the case of Singapore Maps, which is expected for June of this year, or in certain cases, we'll go live with ISO 2022 after SWIFT starts its migration, which is the case for CHAPS in the United Kingdom, Fed and CHIPS clearings in the United States, which are all planned for next year, and will go live with the new formats throughout 2023. Got it. That sounds great. We started the podcast talking about some of the rationale behind this ISO migration, including increased transparency, efficiency, data quality. Can you talk a little bit about specifically for our corporate and FI clients, the benefits of this new ISO 2022 format and how can our clients take advantage of this format? Yes, absolutely. Well, primarily ISO 2022 uses XML for syntax, which is one of the most popular syntaxes to encode documents electronically. It's machine readable, so the implementation of new messages or changes to existing messages requires less manual effort. And ISO 2022 introduces new data elements that will enable the exchange of richer information in the payment chain. And this will drive many benefits to the industry. To highlight a few, first, we can expect that the detailed and the structured information that is available in an ISO 2022 message will enable financial institutions to perform efficient sanctions screening and efficient anti-money laundering monitoring, which will essentially lead 
to saving time and operational costs associated with investigations. As a consequence to our clients, they will benefit from increased straight-through processing rates, which will accelerate the settlement of payments and reduce any costs related to repair transactions. The second thing that I would call out is that the richer data that is available on ISO 20022 will also improve automatic reconciliation. With the current MT standard, that is not enough room to add a lot of required remittance information into structured fields that can be automatically processed. But with ISO 20022, payers will actually be able to aggregate multiple invoices into a single payment and still provide sufficient information to the beneficiary to allow the beneficiary to differentiate between commercial invoices, credit notes. They will be able to call out any adjustments that are being made to the payment, as well as the reason for those adjustments. And finally, the richer data will also help financial institutions to improve their regulatory reporting and to identify innovative solutions for their clients based on data analysis that can provide additional customer insights. Great. Thanks, Bruno. That's great insight into some of the key advantages of this ISO movement and wanted to actually hear both of your perspectives on the next question. We heard a lot about the advantages, some of the plans and the timeline. This is a pretty major migration that's going on globally. Marcos, starting with you and then interested to hear from Bruno for both the FI and corporate clients of Bank of America, what do banks and companies need to do to get ready? Sure. So again, the SWIFT central focus right now through 2025 is the financial institution to financial institution exchange of payments and reporting messages via the new ISO format. That's our central focus. However, because corporates are part of the end-to-end payment chain, right, in order to facilitate, as Bruno was saying, having less exceptions and investigations, getting the payments through end-to-end quicker, we will have to incorporate our corporate customers. And currently, banks that have corporates that go through SWIFT go through what's called SCORE CUG, which is a closed user group. So right now, the changes are not required, but any corporate that asks and is working with banks like yourselves, we tell them, hey, SWIFT is here to support you, but this is a conversation to have with your bank right now. If you're currently sending MT messages through SCORE, you start migrating towards ISO in anticipation of the upcoming changes after 2025. So I think many of the larger corporations around the world are already looking at ISO and understanding that it's in their benefit as well. That's the push there from the SWIFT point of view, more focused on the financial institutions, but supporting corporates in the meantime. Got it. That sounds great. And Bruno, from the Bank of America perspective, how would you give advice to our clients? Yeah, as a matter of fact, corporate clients, they have been using the ISO XML formats for their payment files for a while, but the full benefits of ISO will only be reaped when the entire payment chain has migrated to ISO to ensure that the data that the originator is providing is reaching all the way to the beneficiary and not getting dropped on the floor. My recommendation for our corporate clients is that if you're not leveraging the ISO 20022 XML file formats for sending your payment files from your treasury management system, consider upgrading your system to be compatible with this data-rich format. And regarding our financial institution clients, we also strongly suggest that if you haven't already started your internal projects to enable your systems to be in compliance with ISO 20022, that you get started immediately. 
despite existing a three years coexistence period between the current MT formats and ISO 2022, and even in the case where your financial institution decides to continue originating your payments in the MT standard up until November of 2025, it's expected that at the very minimum, you need to identify how you're going to handle receiving ISO 2022 messages after November of 2022, even in the event where you're leveraging one of the tools that Marcos mentioned earlier, which is the SWIFT inflow translation services, due to compliance monitoring and for sanctions screening according to local regulations, your financial institution may be required to do your screening on the original ISO message, on the original payment instruction that has all of the details provided with the payment. Great. Thank you both very much. I think that's a great place to end. Marcos and Bruno, thank you again for your insights. We look forward to hearing more about these trends and strategies in the months to come. Thank you, AJ. It's been a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you very much. I'm AJ McRae, Managing Director, Treasury Product, and you have been listening to Marcos Cameron, Business Program Manager from SWIFT, and Bruno Campos, Treasury Product Manager from Bank of America. Thank you for listening to our Treasury Insights podcast series. Bank of America and B of A Securities are the marketing names used by the Global Banking and Global Markets Divisions of Bank of America Corporation. Lending, other commercial banking activities, and trading in certain financial instruments are performed globally by banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, including Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Trading in securities and financial instruments and strategic advisory and other investment banking activities are performed globally by investment banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, investment banking affiliates, including in the United States, B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp both of which are registered broker-dealers and members of SIPC and in other jurisdictions by locally registered entities. B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp. are registered as futures commission merchants with the CFTC and are members of the NFA. Investment products offered by investment banking affiliates are not FDIC insured, may lose value, and are not bank guaranteed.